This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Kay Bahia. Kay is a strengths-based coach. She helps people discover the beat of their own drum so that they know how to listen and be heard. After completing her MBA, she created a strengths model. And for the past 10 years, she's been helping people celebrate their true strengths. She discovered a way of combining strength psychology and MBA business thinking to help people cut through the noise and feel more confident in who they are and where they belong without having to compromise. She has helped working moms confidently ask for that pay raise. She's helped aspiring executives find a path to value-oriented leadership. And for her personal favorite, she loves helping people see their relationships through the lens of their strengths so that they can either choose to lean in more authentically or place loving boundaries and create the space to see and be seen for who they are. Kay believes that now more than ever, people need to embrace authenticity and contribution. The people she supports want to connect with purpose and make a difference. People who have used her approach have gone to reshape their businesses for success. They've quit their nine to fives to pursue their dreams. They've built amazing relationships. And most of all, they trust their own power to change the course of their lives. Welcome, Kay. It is so great to have you here today with us. I feel so grateful to have you on this episode. Uh, It's wonderful to be here, Patricia. Thank you for having me. So how Kay and I know each other is we're both in the program, the MAP-CP, that's the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology and Coaching Psychology at the University of East London. And uh, Kay is a little ahead of me. She started in September, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And so I've had the pleasure of getting to meet her in some of my uh, courses. And it I've just, right off the bat, she's somebody, even though I know she's in the UK and I'm here in Switzerland, she's one that if I were up there, I'm like, hey, let's go meet for a glass of wine or hey, let's go for coffee because, you know, I've just enjoyed every conversation that we've had together. Oh, that's lovely. And, and yeah, 100% with a glass of wine and coffee, perhaps, yeah, <laughs> perhaps both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly. At the same time. <laughs> That's how it is. I mean, well, <laughs> well, when you're when you're studying and you have children, I mean the yeah. coffee and the wine, they kind of go together, right? 
coffee, too much coffee in the day, but it, no, it's fabulous meeting you. Thank you so much, Patricia. Great. So this is the part of the show where we have the big reveal as to what song from the 80s we're going to be talking about today. <gasps> so without further ado, can I get a drum roll, please? Okay, what is the song that we are going to be talking about today? It's In Excess, Never Tear Us Apart. Oh my gosh, what a great song. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And of course, I went down the rabbit hole uh, on Wikipedia because thank God for Wikipedia. It's just amazing how quickly we can get information. But then, you know, you click on one and then next thing you know, you're clicking on NXS, you're clicking on, you know, you're going through the entire biography of the band. um, Yeah, so it was a fun rabbit hole. So thank you for that. And it is an exceptional song. This song came out in 1988. So it was 1988. It was recorded in 87 and it's off the album Kick. And uh, the band actually started in 1977, and it was formed by the Ferris Brothers. So who we've got in the band, we've got uh, who started, the founders of the band. We've got the bassist, Gary Gary Beers. We have Andrew Ferris on keyboard. We have John Ferris, the drummer. Tim Ferris, the guitarist. And then we have lead singer, vocalist, which we who we all know, mm. Michael Hutchins. And then uh, on guitar and saxophone, Kirk Pengley. So great, Fantastic. great band, amazing music. They had so many hits, including uh, What You Need, Devil Inside, New Sensation, uh, Suicide Blonde. What is amazing about this song in particular is that um, both uh, Andrew Ferris and Michael Hutchins made this song together. And it originally, it was supposed to be a blues song, like a Fats da- Domino right. flavor. But then Chris Thomas, the producer, suggested, how about some synthesizers? And then there you have it. Uh, you added in some synthesizers, which was just so 80s and so perfect for that time. And it actually, the song, I didn't really think about it um, until I saw it on Wikipedia. It's actually Viennese Waltz. And it layers in those synthesizers and then also those dramatic pauses, which we know, you know, you can hear it as you're sitting here listening to the podcast, you know, you can hear the song and those dramatic <laughs> pauses. It's like, dun, 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 Absolutely. Such an amazing song. So our listeners just, you know, take a pause if you'd like and go listen to the song because it's incredible group incredible time. And so uh, thank you, Kay, for bringing that song in today. My pleasure. And then this is the part of the show where we get to hear your story. And then after that, we hear about how that song resonates with your story and why you chose it today. So tell us a little bit about your story. So um, thank you very much, Patricia. So my story is really about my um, uh, relationship with strengths and discovering who I am and how that made me feel more connected to my purpose and what I wanted out of life, and how actually that discovery came from a really challenging time in my life. So what excites me is connecting with people, making a contribution, and really 
picking up some of that energy, I guess, from that song and, and really feeling alive and, and wanting to be energized and actually share that with people around me. So um, it's what I do in my work through True Strengths. It's what brought me to positive psychology and yourself with the MAP CP. And it's even what I've brought sort of uh, themes of in the work I've done in, in my corporate life and in business. So for me, connection, contribution through strengths is, is kind of what's important to me. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about your story that resonates with the song today that you chose. Yeah. So um, for me, the story of the song Never Terrors Apart really starts with a really upbeat, positive, energizing memory, which is when I was a young teenager, I heard the song in the late 80s and I was doing DIY with my father and I was helping him put floorboards um oh. on the on a renovation in our home and he was putting the board down and putting the, the nails in and I was doing the bang 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 literally to to the sound yeah. music and I just remember the music being the track being so melodramatic so intense so it seemed to sweep between all the emotions of Viennese waltz like you said but it seemed to be very dark and intense one moment and then very hopeful and optimistic and so my first memory of this song was really, really positive. And then uh, we grow up, we go to university and, and life happens. And like many women in their 20s, I ended up in a relationship which wasn't great. And for some reason, I didn't trust my strengths. I didn't know my strengths at the time. And it took me a long time to, to find my way out of that. And my second reflection of that song is when I had one of my most challenging moments in life. I came out of the relationship and I thought, you know what I want to do? I want to invest in myself. So I did my exec MBA. I was looking to start a business and I was still nursing heartbreak. So that's when I came across positive psychology to try and break out of this. But the pivotal moment for me is that you can't really escape the tidal wave of the change you've gone through. You've got to face it. You've got to deal with it. You've got to process it. So I just wanted to feel happier. And this bit like the, the movement of the song, this intense feeling of, you know, being torn apart just yeah. seemed to be staying with me everywhere. And the pivotal moment for me was when I was on a study trip as part of my exec MBA out in Vietnam and the song, life, everything caught up with me. And I just had a breakdown. I was still dealing with heartbreak. And I just remember feeling the exact opposite of how I felt when I was a young teenager. I didn't feel optimistic. I didn't feel energized. I just felt lost. And what was interesting that you feel as an adult, which you don't really register as a child, is when we have setback, when we have failure. And it's something that I recognize with women more than perhaps with men. It comes with this deep sense of shame, mm. this deep sense of not only have I messed up, but there's something lacking in me. There's something inadequate in me that I am at the, you know, my in my early 30s and I've just tried to start this path and I've gone full tilt and everything has just come crashing down and that's when really it gave me well it forced me to pause it forced me to really um, lean into those feelings and, and actually this conversation with you is is the first time I've publicly talked about it I've talked about it with my friends and family mm. but even now 12 years later it still has a sting of I was that I was that person in the cohort that kind of couldn't hold her, her bleep together. And so it really made me think about what, what I wanted out of life and how I could get back to that feeling yes. of feeling that I was 
banging nails into floorboards and singing and dancing and feeling alive because I had never felt more lost in my life. And that was a turning point for me. Wow. Thank you. First off, um, thank you, Kay, for sharing that story. And um, because so many people, sometimes they, they suffer in silence. They're unable to talk about things like, that have been significant in their lives and, um, and share it. And so for those that do share it, like you, you know, it's so nice because it gives others permission to honor their own uh, challenges that they've had and know that they're not alone. And uh, what's so interesting is that you, I mean, here you are, MBA, going out to Vietnam, a totally different country from the UK, business trip, suffering a little from, you know, obviously a lot from a heartbreak and a transition in your life. And um, you hit rock bottom uh, there and you came home. And that seemed like also that time of, of rebirth for you, a time Ooh. where through the challenges, you were starting to put the pieces together. And I'd love to know, since this is a strengths-based you know, podcast, I'd love to know a little bit about how your strengths, your, your VIA strengths played into this. The VIA strengths audience, for those that haven't had the opportunity to take your VIA strengths assessment, it is actually, you can get it online and it's completely free. It's values in action. It was developed by Peterson and Seligman, and uh, it is 24 character strengths that are who you are to your core. And I've taken the, this assessment for myself a couple times, and I'll tell you that my top 10 continue to be my top 10. They may shift a little bit, but they are, are who you are to your core. So I would love to know, um, Cole Deep. You know, during this challenging time, uh, what strengths did you lean into now in retrospect? And how did that help you influence your business? So I think the biggest strength for me was the the softer side of the capacity to love and be loved, because I felt intensely vulnerable at that time. And I also broke a very important myth that I now really treasure. And the myth was that we go through life acting as if we are okay. And especially in business, and perhaps when we're doing an academic course or, or an MBA, there's this perception that you, you turn up and you're meant to be okay, no matter what's happening on the inside. And I was going through something that, that profoundly challenged me at the time. And there may have been a colleague going through something equally significant that I wasn't aware of. And people handle things differently. The person I am now wouldn't have been broken the way I was then. But then that's the narrative that was playing in my head and what I was experiencing. And I didn't know how to fix myself. And the only thing that I could do at that time, when I look back with compassion at the person I was then, was try and find a way to connect, try and find a way to love and be loved. Yes, I felt intense disappointment, shame, all those negative feelings. But I also knew that I wasn't to blame for what I was experiencing. I, this was an important inflection point in my life, and I would come back to this moment and get something from it. But at the time, it was trying to find love. And the love really came from my sister, who over the phone almost literally is the one who got me on the plane back to Vietnam. I'd actually lost my 
I managed to lose my handbag in, in you know, the, the departure lounge at the airport because I was so frazzled and so anxious. And she helped me retrace my steps and find it. She she was on the phone with me on the escalator. Mm. And she's 11 years younger than me. I'm her big sister. She wasn't supposed to try and rescue me from the other side of the world, but that's exactly what she did. Oh, and in that moment, all there was was pure love. And given that I was experiencing heartbreak, it was the sense that we misunderstand this idea of love. We think it's all to do with this romantic, perfect relationship that's meant to fix us or we're meant to fix someone else. But actually, it's the love we have with lots of different people in our life, our family, our sisters, our children, our colleagues, our neighbor, our community. And I didn't know it then, but that was the journey about love that I was starting to walk on. Yes. Which is your number one strength. It is my number one strength. Yes. That's beautiful. (laughs) So not only, you know, you felt that love from your sister of support when you needed it. And through this, you also talked about self-love, self-compassion, mm. and how you uh, leaned into that during that time. But how else do you think you use that with your business uh, today, uh, True Strengths? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's understanding all the different aspects of how we emotionally, authentically connect. That's what love means to me. So it's mm-hmm. so much more than the romantic and if I may, I'm just going to pivot back to sure. um, how that song changed for me. And I didn't realize yes. at the time, but the lots of songs like that, I, I've always been drawn to the big Adele ballads and the melodramatic, and, and uh, I've loved exploring them like operatic pieces and enjoying the moment. But for me personally, what changed after that, that period, that, that breakdown and, and moving on from the heartbreak, was the realization that these songs weren't speaking about someone else. They were speaking about our love and our relationship to ourselves. So it comes yes. back to the via. And when I look at, yeah, and it's, it's that if you look at the lyrics, it never tears apart. And I was thinking about this last night. It's like, you know, that song came out and I didn't really connect with the words as a teenager, young teenager. I connected with the, the spirit and the, the movement in the song. And then when I when I'm, you know, had that relationship, um, you know, in my 20s, the song, you know, Sadly, Michael Hutchins had, had just passed away, and it was that very sort of uh, retrospective sort of re- reflection on his life, which was you know turbulent, as we know. And I, I look at the lyrics, and it's really interesting how we sometimes, as women, I know men experience challenging relationships as well, but that li- those lyrics, "I was standing, you were there, two worlds collided." There's no mention of love. There's mention of this power, this force, this energy and that energy can be positive but it can be also negative and I Mm -hmm. in my relationship at that time I experienced it as a negative Mm -hmm. and also the lyrics of if I hurt you I'd make wine for your tears it's almost this sort of sinister aspect of damage is okay as long as you know there's this you know grandiose gesture or something and I realized for me when I re re owned I guess reworded those lyrics and songs for myself Mm-hmm. The thing that connects me to my purpose is that we all have wings, but some of us don't know why. And sometimes we hurt and we we hurt others, we hurt ourselves, but it's our own wine, it's our own meaning that we have to make from it. And the world's colliding for me is that we go through these big chapters. We are constantly changing. Our, our worlds are constantly colliding. Look at what's happening on the planet right now. We're trying to make sense, process, find meaning. 
-hmm. and it comes with hurt. But for me, what connects me to my purpose is that when someone shares with me a story about their uh, pivotal moments of loss or shame or, or trying to find meaning, and they they have this energy of um, you know I'm scared about sharing this because this this says something really awful about me. I want to be able to hold that space and say this says something very special and precious about you. You yes. walked in that place, you stood in that spot, yep. and you stood, and yep. you you know you grew, and that's when you find the wings. And my job, if I'm able to, is to point out to someone their strengths. To point out you just never had the chance to fly. You've always had the wings. You can have yes. the big melodramatic music and the big energies, but use them for your own purpose. Use them to set yourself free, not to be controlled by anything or anyone else. And and that's that's what energizes me now. Yes. Oh my gosh, Coldeep, that's so beautiful. And that's its own song <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I where's it where's <laughs> in excess? We've got another song for you. <laughs> no, absolutely beautiful. And I, you know, and I can't imagine anyone better uh, to work with to help develop those wings and 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 help people fly and soar, mm -hmm. right? Because we talk about this in positive psychology, you know, language languishing versus flourishing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you hold that space to help people develop to flourish, which is incredible. So thank you for sharing that. And it, thank you for sharing how that song resonated with you on such a deep level. Thank you. So listening to, you know, your, your story, it made me also think about some of your other strengths and I'll list, um, if you don't mind, I'll list the other top four yeah. out. So gratitude is, uh, number two for you. Creativity is three, uh, love of learning is mm -hmm. number four. And then social intelligence was your uh, fifth. And I imagine just knowing you that leadership is up there as well. It's in my top 10. So it's funny you say mm -hmm. that your, your um, strengths jiggle around. When I, was in, when I was in the corporate world, leading, you know, working in a team and leading a project, then I noticed leadership went from six to, to four or, or three. So yeah, there's been a bit of a, a, bit of a shuffle. You know, what's so interesting, we talked a lot about love and with love, they, uh, people, you know, value close relationships. They also are most associated with life satisfaction, uh, facilitates, uh, empathy and tolerance and forgiveness in relationships. Also, uh, health and longevity in relationships. And this mm. all comes from Dr. Nemec's book, The Character Strengths, uh, Interventions. And then for gratitude, it's life satisfaction and meaning is high. So life satisfaction uh, is, is high again for gratitude and meaningful life. Now, what's cool about one of my favorite parts about gratitude, and this is what I was thinking of earlier, was that uh, people see work as a calling. So Ooh. it's about you know, work satisfaction, achievement, which we know, given your, your history, how achievement is very much part of your life. And, uh, but work as a calling, you know, when you were talking about the wings and when you were, you know, talking about that early or earlier, that's what made me think about your work as a calling that sometimes we experience things in life and it sets us up, you know, for a deeper, in your case, a deeper connection to your work and combining your business and strengths. That's lovely. Yes, I can definitely see that. And I've definitely experienced that. That's a nice way of share, well, putting it. And thank you for sharing. Thank you. Yes. 
And then creativity you've got, which I can completely see. So what's interesting about uh, what uh, creativity is I was reading it today was, you know, creativity needs to be supported and in an informal way. When we put confines, you know, around creativity, it doesn't uh, flourish as much. So I imagine, you know, these brilliant artists you know, they, they have to produce like with NXS, they have to produce these songs, but they also need the space to be creative. So, but they do need to have a deadline and, and need to get things done. So with creativity, it's a dance between having yeah. that, you know, formal, you know, you, we have to have a deadline at some point when we're creating, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think this is, I mean, this is what the beauty about the via strength. It, it captures so many different elements of what it means to be energized by that strength. So I'm definitely not an artist, and I, and I, but I love exploring. I love cooking and baking. But I, I'm guaranteed if there was a competition, a baking competition about the worst cakes that you could make, I would be number one. I could, I'm brilliant at cake disasters. <laughs> but where creativity really um, ignites, I guess, a sense of passion for me is the ideas. It's connecting dots. It's the ideas around it. So um, as well as my strengths model and my passion for that side of of life. I've actually really been blessed to um, have a really positive corporate career, which I've enjoyed immensely and sort of, you know, um, switch between the two many times. And even in, in technology and software, creativity and, and working with teams and coming up with solutions for customer problems, it may seem as dry as toast to someone else compared to, to you know, an artist or, or a musician. But this is where I noticed how, I guess, my love for connecting with people who were also innovative or, or had interesting ideas especially quiet people because quiet people often have fantastic ideas and creating that yeah creating that buzz in the room getting the chalk out and writing on the board and and just feeling a sense of possibility around what could happen but you're absolutely right it needs that support it needs that sort of golden circle but it also needs a bit of framing and this mm-hmm. is where my husband's support comes in valuable my sister previously and my husband has a common uh, high strength with you. He has a strength of leadership. So he's great at just helping me manage my enthusiasm and really get to the nub of why is that important to you so that I can drive some momentum re- uh, around my creativity and change and not just generate lots of ideas. So you're absolutely right. It, it, you need a foil. And social intelligence. I mean, that's just for you. It's a, it's uh, associated with a pleasurable life and going on with love, life satisfaction, gratitude, life satisfaction and meaning. You've got a beautiful. Oh, it sounds great. Doesn't it? <laughs> I know it really does call deep. It's like a beautiful package of strengths. Those themes just kept popping up. So, um, yeah, that, that you. was really, really, really great. Anything else I'd love uh, just to share with our audience a little bit about your business and what you're doing now, because you did create your own true strengths system. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about that and then give us an action item on how, where we could step forward uh, with our strengths uh, or something similar to that, whatever you would like. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I don't think it's a small thing to say that that VIA um, absolutely changed my life, the VIA strengths model that I, I came across in, in 2009. I also had the brief pleasure of um, meeting from afar um, Professor Martin Seligman when he did a, a talk at um, a, a law office in, in, in London and City. But the, the pivot point for me was 
having asked lots of people to do the VS strengths and other people were doing Gallup, uh, various other things as part of our MBA, I noticed some patterns around who I was connecting with and who I didn't click with quite so much. And I noticed that when um, people express their strengths, you notice their strengths, you were either drawn to them because they were similar to yours or complementary, or it brought out a curiosity if someone was different to you. So I was really interested in how strengths reflected how people behave and how they connected. So True Strengths was born out of um, looking at VS strengths um, and other strengths in the marketplace, but looking at how they resulted in, I guess, um, how people connected, so relationships and um, how people um, found you know, meaning in those relationships. So it was born around 2010 and it's had various iterations, but now it consists of grouping strengths according to a similar concept of values, so how we relate. So I happen to relate in a very open and warm way, so that's how I come across. But someone who's much more reserved, which I call true, or calm might find me overwhelming. So it's a bit sort of, whoa, that's that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of in excess in the room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I really noticed how one might pivot oneself to um, better connect with someone who's different. So rather yes. than me becoming louder and just, you know, taking over the space, what I learned from, from business and working in teams is that sometimes I mentioned it before, the quieter people had so much to contribute and I had so much to learn and, and learning being one of my top strengths. Yes. So I just, I learned how to group strengths in a way that helped me just to select them as a tool to connect better with people who were different to me. And it helped me be more successful at work, helped me be more successful at home. But importantly, um, although we talk about positive psychology, Life sometimes sucks and, and you have a bad day and, you know, my strengths sound lovely, but I, I am a regular person and I have terrible days where I'm struggling with anxiety or a little bit of, you know, low mood and it's hard to snap out of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it gives, the other thing strengths gives me and, and my model um, sort of explores it a bit more is some self-compassion. So love comes with the challenging side of love, which is big emotions. Big emotions can be challenging to deal with. Mm -hmm love of learning, which I call cultivated, you know, this desire of wanting to enrich one's mind can come with a challenge of rabbit holes that you and I both fall down when it comes yes. to studying and not stepping away. So getting almost um, intensely involved with our own strengths and not seeing the world um, in relation to that. So the takeaway for me, the biggest takeaway, and this is something that I really hold dear, is first of all, absolutely go find your strengths. And, and um, as you Patricia have shared a really great way is via. I'm also happy to explore strengths with people if they're interested. Or just ask your mum or your best friend, what is it about me that you notice? What is it about me that you see when I'm at my happiest or more settled? Because I'm struggling right now. And especially when you're in your version of that, you know, dark place that I had when I was in, in my trip in Vietnam, you can't just snap out of it. You can't make yourself necessarily be or feel different. But you can lean on your strengths because they will bring you some gentle comfort. Mm -hmm. And for me, that gentle comfort then was love. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't realize it, your intuition will know what you need to do. And if it's to read a book or if it's to have some gratitude or if it's just to connect, or it might be to step back and, and be dispassionate and to focus on something and mm -hmm. to put a plan together and, and improve your fitness. So everyone's different. Mm -hmm. But lean into your strengths when you are vulnerable because it shares you, shares with you and the world what really matters to you. 
and it gives you a path that resonates and, and is congruent with who you are. So if you're watching this and you're not having a great day, that's a great moment. That's a great point at which you can grow. So treasure that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So much knowledge we gain uh, in those moments um, and uh, about ourselves, about what we can overcome and how, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you say that. Uh, and especially in light of the pandemic, uh, in light of what's going on in the world right now with Russia and Ukraine, it's not uncommon for a lot of us to feel low right now. And, uh, you know, we have to honor that within us. And I think this is the time where, like you so beautifully said, you know, reach out to a friend, uh, reach out to a colleague and, and, you know, leaning into strengths can help you get through most obstacles. And the first part mm-hmm. is identifying them. And then the second part is then, you know, lo- leaning into them and how you can use them maybe in a new way, as we talk about in, um, mm-hmm positive psychology, but I love that you brought that up and, and thank you for that. You know, for people to get to learn their strengths and coach with you, what is the best way of getting a hold of you uh, for our audience that would like to work with you? So I've got a, a landing page website at the moment, uh, which takes you to my strength model. It's, it's all the W's, true-strengths.com. And all my contact details are on there as well. So you can email me, you can find my social media and, you know, contact me, start conversations, do the profile. And I am offering coaching at the moment. But most of all, it's the, especially as you beautifully put it, Patricia, it's the importance of, of you know, whatever your path to finding your strengths or finding some purpose, don't do it alone, do it with other people. We, we party together, but we cry alone. Let, let's shift that. Let's, oh. let's connect. When, we, when we're feeling low, because there's someone next to you who's probably feeling the same way. And that beautiful moment you have when you're seen and heard by someone who's walked that path with you, that comes from strength. That's what I believe. So it's, it's more than an intellectual exercise. It's, it's just reminding us that actually we need each other, especially now. And yes. to your point of strength after adversity, I think you, you previously shared with me um, on our course, but how strengths changed after 9-11 and how people really leaned into spirituality, hope, love, and, you know, teamwork and a whole sense of people-oriented strengths. Mm-hmm. So there is some evidence around how, you know, this can be transformative for people. A hundred percent. Wow. Yes. Well said. Um, Kay's information will be in the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening to this, just go right into the show notes and you'll see it there. Um, and thank you, um, Kay, for all of the information that you've given us and then also allowing us to hear your story. And then again, picking out an amazing song uh, to match with your story, but then drawing those uh, through lines and themes and matching them up with the song was really powerful. So thank you for sharing all of that. It's been my absolute pleasure. And, and it's such an honor. And it's such a fantastic series of amazing speakers you've had before so it's it's a real privilege for me to be here and to share my song with all the other amazing songs that you've also shared thank you ever so much yes of course yes thank you so this is the part of the show where we get to talk about trends we get to talk Uh about 80s trends and so uh Kay you grew up in the UK correct Mm -hmm. yes I did in West London in West London okay so I grew up in the U.S., so I'd love to hear a little bit about what was going on in the U.K. in the 80s and what were, um, what were your favorite shows? 
Oh, my goodness. So uh, actually, a lot of them are American shows. So I love The A-Team. Um, I loved um, Knight Rider. Um, yes. And then, you know, we had we had we always had some amazing British comedies as well. Uh, Fools and Horses, which is a very uh, British sort of comedy around set it set in Peckham in London. And music wise, it was all um, a mixture of, of European British artists and, and American. I think I'm, I'm probably one of the few people who remember a, a, a short lived band called a short lived band called Five Star, which was, I think, a British version of um you know, I don't know the the uh, uh, the Jackson Five, but a, but a female band, and just it just seemed like a very exciting time. I don't know if it was because it was my childhood. It just it was we were we were coming out of you know recession, and everyone was you know there's this whole movement to everyone can have this amazing life and drive fast cars, and you had all the Tom Cruise movies that came out at the same sort yes. of time. Yeah, it felt very exciting. It, yes. And I, you know, growing up in the 80s as well, I, you know, I definitely felt that excitement. Everything just, you know, with trends were new. And then let's look at technology, you know, the kit car, you know, I mean, now we got a Tesla and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got, we got yeah. So it's just interesting to see. It was like an age of possibility, I guess you could say, you know, where we mm. could anything is possible. And uh, it was very exciting to, to think about the future, great music and jingles, so many jingles. And in fact, you uh, mentioned that there was a favorite jingle beverage that uh, I'd love you to share with us because it was different than in the US. Yeah, I, I just remember a golden era of advertising and, and these, um, these, these, you know, lots of different adverts at the time stayed with me. But the one that I really still uh, laugh and 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 sing along to or my husband certainly does is our white's lemonade and anyone in, in britain will remember that of of a certain age and it's this this advert where this that uh, this dad comes down in the middle of the night opens the refrigerator and takes out some lemonade which is called which is our white's lemonade and sings along our white's our white's lemonade i'm, I'm completely ruining it by the way <laughs> not at all <laughs> but it, it it was just fun and it was um it, it was um yeah, it was playful and it was, a, you know, it was, um, it was exciting times and it was simpler times in many ways. I, I talk to parents of kids who have teenagers now and, and they spend all the time on social media. And one of the, the fondest memories, probably the same for you in America, was spending time outside riding a bike, very ET-esque, you know, uh, adventures yes. with friends in parks and climbing yes. trees and things like that. So moving into jingles, we had a Shasta was one of the oh, yeah. uh, was one of the sodas that came out I remember in the 80s and I just loved the song it was like I want to pop 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 I want to Shasta Shasta and then uh yeah so I like it's like those jingles from the 80s you just can't replicate them I mean they were uh, you know I mean you can think of big red double mint gum their Kit Kat uh, there's so many and I'm sure in the UK you guys had yeah. so many as well for uh, European brands, Umbungo comes to mind. I'm not going to sing it, but my my yes. husband is best friend still sing it. But it's a, it's a, it's very playful. It was innocent. It was very cheesy, you know. It, and you got away with it then because it just captured the mood and the time. And now yes. things become so sophisticated and clever that, that that they're interesting in a different way, but they're not quite as memorable for me. Yes. 
Uh, we need more jingles. Uh, I we think need more jingles. <laughs> and I think we'd watch commercials if we had more uh, jingles. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not fast forward them. Uh, not fast so, forward them. But they've got to be yes. cute ones, cute jingles. They, yeah, they do. They do. Well, Kay, thank you again for being here with us today. And it was just such a pleasure to talk to you. And I really appreciate your time and and all of your insight that you've given our audience today. Oh, I'm very grateful. Thank you ever so much, Patricia. And look forward to seeing you in class. I'll see you in class. Until (laughs) next time. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80-song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. Thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.